Poor budgets. They get a bad rap. Budgets get a bad rap. They're just trying to help. <laughs> they really are just trying to help. And there they are getting getting the bad end of the stick every time. But they're there to help you. Maybe it's time to give them a chance. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. This week, we are getting into the specifics of how to build a budget so that you can be the master of your money. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being, trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits and now budgets. I will do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month and maybe even a dollar at a time. I'll be playing along too. And as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. The challenge for this month will be to track your expenses in whichever way you prefer as a way to get more intentional about your spending. This means keeping track of where all your money is going. You can keep track of how you're spending your money with an app or by using good old fashioned paper and pen. Jenny and I will be using the app called Mint, which links up to your accounts and tracks where your money is going. We will be committing to recording our transactions each day and reviewing our spending. We will check in as accountability buddies to see how our focus on finance is going. So we're a couple of weeks in. Jenny, how's it going? I have been very pleasantly surprised by how it doesn't feel restrictive like I assumed it would be. And I think that's what's been keeping me from doing this. So tracking my expenses consistently, which is, I would say, the less challenging part, um, but then also using a budget, it felt like something that would feel like I was being too detailed or that it would make me feel like I can't do things but I have actually found it to be the opposite. And I've noticed that I feel more empowered with my spending choices and I've been able to plan for the things that I want. Additionally, I feel like the habit of monitoring by tracking where I've spent my money is helping me with my spending habits. So for example, um, maybe I'm driving past Tim Hortons um, on the way to work and you know, I'm thinking about grabbing a tea. Well, then I think, oh, I got to enter this transaction in my app. And, and then I think, oh, and I have, you know, boxes of tea from Tim Hortons that I've bought sitting at my desk or at home. So I'll just continue on. And, you know, it's, it's $2 here, $2 there, but it adds up. That's right. And, and it reminds me of when we were, um, a few months ago doing tracking our food and drink and you had yep. to input it into the, my fitness pal app. It's the same kind of thing. Sometimes it just didn't feel worth it to yes. put it into the app. Yes. Like my bad habit of, uh, almonds, like I, I'm on a system where I eat like 10 an hour. Every time I walk past the pantry, I just reach my hand in. And when you think <laughs> about it, you're like, no, I don't need to do that every time. We got to, yeah. we got to break that habit. Uh, yeah. How, so change the topic here. How's it going for you? Well, you use the word, <laughs> you use the word empowered and I feel that way for sure. Yeah. I, it's, Good. it's sort of cool to be focused on this process when it used to be my tendency to put my head in the sand and ignore all things related to my finances. Yeah. So, um, it occurred to me when I was thinking about how this was going that I often say to my patients in my practice who have back pain or knee pain or whatever injury they've got, that a piece of homework for them is to understand their injury and I get them to increase their postural awareness. 
So what are you doing on the regular with your body when you're sleeping, when you're standing, when you're sitting that may have contributed to how you're feeling now? How might what you do regularly contribute to your injury? So it really makes sense to me that this idea transfers to our financial aches and pains. So I found myself complaining about a pain. For example, I don't have enough money for whatever I want. I have too many debts. I feel like there's not enough money left at the end of the month. But until recently, I never really increased my aware, my awareness about what was causing this pain. Ah. So our whole challenge this month is about increasing financial awareness and then correcting course. Or as I'd say to my patients, correcting posture. So when we head off that path, um, we got a course correct, correct our financial um, habits, and then that'll decrease the likelihood for those financial pains to show up in the future. Cool. So that's an interesting analogy. Yeah, that's it was cool. kind of neat. It occurred parallel. to me today that they're kind of similar in the way that you would monitor one area of your life. And this makes sense in all the, the studies and you know experiments we've been doing with habits. They really do overlap. Yeah. And this yeah. is neat to think about it in this way. The bottom line here is increase your awareness, look for clues, course correct, and then good stuff happens. So we're talking about budgets. And we mentioned that we are going to get in into some detail on this. So let's dive a little bit deeper into budgets. The word budget tends to get a bad rap and it makes us think of restraint, compromise, and not having fun. Do you feel that way about that word, Peg? I think so. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. Kind of sounds like, oh, I think this is what I think. Oh, I can't. I'm on a budget. Right. Yeah. So many of us have been taught to think of a budget as a weapon of mass destruction, a tool that sets us up for self-flagellation. The self-defeating thought process is often, I'm going to set a budget and beat myself up if I can't keep to it, so I'm not going to do it at all. It's similar to a diet that you ignore, and instead of altering your approach, you mentally destroy yourself as you reach for a donut or some candy. Instead, think about a budget as a diagnostic tool. It's no different from going to the doctor and having the nurse take your temperature and blood pressure. They're establishing a baseline for your health. A budget is a baseline for your financial wellness. The doctor doesn't beat you up if you have high blood pressure. If your doctor does, you need a new doctor. But That's right. It's a discovery. It gives the doctor some information needed to fix the problem. Look at a budget the same way. It's diagnostic. If a doctor told you to exercise regularly or reduce your sodium intake, you would listen. So try to think about your soon-to-be-born budget in a different way. It's not a setup for failure. It's a prescription for long-term success. Creating a budget allows you to get an understanding of where your money is allocated and what changes will help you get what you most want out of life. Or, said another way, Budgets are tools that allow us to get intentional about where we are spending so that we can do even more with our money. You can even look at a budget as a permission slip for spending. One finance expert online reframed the word budget to be a spending plan. And I love that. Yeah, me too. That's right. Creating a budget can cause happiness, not stress. You may recall us mentioning the YouTube channel slash website slash book. I think I mentioned it on a we're digging um, and it was called the financial diet. The financial diet offers loads of resources devoted to your financial well-being. And of course, one of the building blocks that they talk about is budgeting. 
So we'll put a link to the financial diet in the show notes. But in the meantime, where are we going to start when it's time to make a budget? The financial diet book recommends these steps and even offers a free resources for you to use to help build a budget. And again, we'll link to that in the show notes. The first step is to record all sources of your income in after tax dollars. The next step is to list out all of your expenses, every single one, even a $2 Timmy's tea. If you need a way to help you figure out what your expenses are, try looking through your bank statements and credit card statements to see your transactions. This will help you to capture what your expenses are. Next is to look at what your automated savings are, such as your retirement accounts. Finally, calculate what is hopefully left at the end of the month to determine how financially flexible you are. Once you've set this up, you can set some target amounts for your spending, then track your spending and use your budget as a way to keep your transactions and expenditures in line so that you can meet your goals. There are also great videos from Rachel Cruz. And we mentioned Rachel last week, I believe, um, because the book that we're reading uh, by Dave Ramsey, this is his daughter. And Rachel walks you through the creation of a budget in her videos. And we'll post some links to those as well. And just keep in mind that she has um, some differing views on how to allocate your money. And she has a very strong focus on philanthropy. And that's something that, um, Dave Ramsey talks about as well. And they, they believe in a giving first approach, which I think is absolutely wonderful, but just to kind of, there's so many different views out there. Um, and Rachel has some great videos about budgeting. And, uh, so just keep that in mind, uh, when you go to watch that, that she focuses on philanthropy quite a bit. Well, and I think the fact that she focuses on that and um, Chelsea from The Financial Diet might have a little bit of a different spin. It's cool because, you know, if you go and you look at them, you're going to resonate with one more than the other potentially. And you might find somebody else. As long as you're sort of exploring as you create this budget, you'll find who speaks to you the most and um, follow your intuition. And regardless of which method you use, which percentages you use, the basics are there. List all of your sources of income, all of your expenses, including debt payments, and build your monthly budget. Then keep track of your expenses so that you are aware of where your money is going. There are loads of ways to keep track of your spending. We are using the Mint app, but there are many ways to track your spending and manage a budget. Find what works best for you and what you are most likely to use. Yes, very true. Because if you have any hope of doing this, you've got to use what works for you. So great tip. And we did just mention um, Rachel Cruz there and as well Dave Ramsey. So this is a good time to offer a bit of a reminder uh, for our book report. We are reading Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And later this month, we'll be letting you know in more detail our thoughts on this book. And we would love it if you would uh, read it also and play along with us. All right, now it's time for a segment where we dig a little deeper into our personalities called Who Are You Anyway? We will take a question and each give our perspective on the topic with the goal of understanding ourselves a little bit better. This week's question is, do you often make impulse purchases? And another question is, are you saving up for something right now? Uh, I would say that I occasionally make an impulse purchase, but this is something that as I'm, I get older and I'm sort of more grounded and I'm more aware, I've increased my financial awareness, I do it way less than I once did. And I probably, especially as we've been doing this exercise of putting things into Mint, do it way less even still because it sort of feels like someone's watching, right? Yeah. As you said, you don't want to have to put the $2 T into the app. So it's kind of like you have this accountability partner in the app. 
So less yeah. likely to do an impulse purchase. But if I was going to, uh, it would probably be around groceries or eating out just because yeah. those are the things I spend the most money on probably. Um, and, or maybe fun socks. Cause I really do love a good sock. <laughs> I guess that's where we diverge. <laughs> um, in terms of saving, John and I have a big plan to do a renovation on our house next spring. And we're also planning ahead for a big trip to Australia in a couple of years when John turns 40. So for both of these big ticket items, we have created savings buckets in separate accounts and we have money coming out automatically each month towards those goals. So there is also money that comes out automatically toward retirement savings. And with regards to savings, and this is something I've learned later in life, I would say, than some people, but now I'm on it. It's human nature to use the resources that you have available in front of you. It's kind of in your, it, written into your DNA to make sure that you eat as much as possible now because we might not get food again for a while as we're on the hunt. So this, I think, can apply to how we spend money too. Hmm. So unless you really earmark a certain amount of money to go automatically into savings, it may just get spent or it just sort of gets mixed up in the rest of your finances and it sort of seems to disappear. So I think that's what really was happening for us in the past before we got organized and more serious about our finances. So as we've talked about today and as we talk about regularly when we're talking about habits, just the act of monitoring something can improve it. So just by looking at each transaction of how you spend your money will increase your awareness and help you make better decisions about how you spend your money. So now that the money automatically is put towards savings, it's just not an option to spend it. And then we've sort of adapted and we have been getting used to the new set of resources available. Great idea. Yeah. The whole pay yourself first thing. I think that's great. Mm -hmm. Well done. How about you? So, well, I, I would say I make some impulse purchases. I don't think I make a ton of them. Um, I don't really spend a ton of time shopping and getting stuff doesn't really excite me all that much. I wouldn't say it's not like I wouldn't say that like shopping is a hobby or anything. Um, but when I do make an impulse purchase, I would say that it's most commonly would happen, like you say, at the grocery store. And it tends to be, uh, I noticed cause I went grocery shopping the other day, snack items for my son that were not on the list. So these are things like those Ritz, uh, those little Ritz crackers, sandwiches and goldfish, like little things that really are just snacks. But I have that mom thing where you just want to see your kid eat yeah. And so you're just like, oh, I think you'd eat this. So I tend to pick up things like that. Maybe I didn't plan for, but they're just like, oh, this looks interesting and I'll pick it up. Okay. So I would say those kind of things. I'm also, I don't go a ton, but every once in a while I pop into the thrift store and I mean, you can't really go with a plan because you right. have to just be open to whatever's there. So I would say I tend, I tend to make some, or like an antique store, that sort of thing an impulse purchase, but I don't think I do a lot because I don't do a lot of shopping. I don't think I make a lot of impulse purchases, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like anyone, I make some. So in terms of saving up for something, I'm not really saving for a thing right now so much as saving for retirement. I want to get more serious and focused on my savings and get my mindset focused on where I need to be by what age in terms of retirement. In a prior job I had, I had an incredible pension and I had really kind of, um, backed off on my own investing because of that. And so now I feel myself really wanting to make up for that and get a little bit more serious and to use your word intentional oh, about my you. investing. Yeah. So I need to do that. And I, I started last fall getting more serious about putting 
some money aside each month into my uh, retirement savings. And I need to really make sure that I'm putting the amounts that I need to into that and, and really getting more focused on watching that because it, I mean, retirement seems so far off, right? When you're younger and I'm not getting younger. So I think it's time to, (laughs) I think it's important to think about. It's one of those things that when I was younger, I just thought, Oh, like I have so much debt from school. That's not even on my brain. I can't even worry about it. But there really is something about compound interest that is your friend if you start early. So if you're 15 or 20 or 25, that's the time to start. Not when you're 40, like I did. And sadly, the bulk of my retirement savings I put in, I think before I was 25. Amazing when I was a teenager and was saving when I was working, um, I, I did a better job then than I have as an adult. Okay. Well, let's get back after it, Jenny. I'm, I'm doing it. All right. You got it. Uh, so now it is time for what are you digging lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to, what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity we've found. And we feel like you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something that we are loving that we find useful or practical or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So this week, I'm digging uh, something from our online pretend best friend, Gretchen Rubin. Uh, She has a podcast called Happier with Gretchen Rubin that she does with her sister. But she also has another podcast called A Little Happier, which is just a little 10 minutes or less segment that comes out on Mondays. And this episode was from March 4th, 2019. And um, it's called A Little Happier. Carrie's shoe collection in Sex in the City teaches an important (laughs) lesson about habits. That's what the title is. So this, uh, when I listened to it, it sort of really struck me because it's related to what I was trying to say a couple of episodes ago, and I was saying it in a very non-eloquent way. And it's about the power of each individual action we take as we work on building a habit. It may seem that one day is no big deal, but all the days added up are powerful. So in this episode of her podcast, Gretchen is discussing the one coin loophole. So she gave the loophole this name from an old teaching story called The Argument of the Growing Heap, which goes like this. If 10 coins are not enough to make a man rich, what if you add one coin? What if you add another? Finally, you will have to say that no one can, no one can be rich unless one coin can make them so. So this teaching story highlights a paradox that is very significant to happiness and building habits. Often, when we consider our actions, it's clear that any one instance of an action is almost meaningless. Yet, at the same time, a sum of those actions is very meaningful. Whether we focus on the single coin or the growing heap, will shape our behavior. True, any one visit to the gym is inconsequential, but the habit of going to the gym is invaluable. So she then uses an example from the TV show Sex and the City to illustrate this one coin loophole. So um, if you're not familiar with Sex and the City, I'll put a little uh, link to this so that you can see this. But two friends, Miranda and Carrie, have been talking about how Carrie needs to move to a new apartment in New York City. So they're in a shoe store and Carrie's holding a pair of very expensive shoes and is getting ready to try them on. She really loves expensive shoes and buys them often. So Carrie says, where did all my money go? I know I made some. And Miranda points out that the shoes she's holding cost $400 and that it's likely that she has a hundred pairs of them in her closet. So Carrie is shocked that she spent $40,000 on shoes and she has no place to live. She then makes a very Carrie Bradshaw joke about being the old woman who literally lives in her shoes. So, um, is it a big deal to buy a pair of shoes, even an expensive pair of shoes? Is that purchase going to make or break your budget for the year? Probably not. What about two pairs? What about three pairs? 
At some point, the shoes become a down payment on an apartment. So now you may be thinking, but I'd never buy a pair of shoes for $400. Um, but you might buy a latte for five or six bucks on the regular or indulge in eating out more than you should. Ask yourself if you're justifying these expenses by the one coin loophole. And if you made a different choice, perhaps it would help to get you out of debt or save for retirement or a special event or a vacation. I think it's a pretty cool perspective shift. I'll put a link to Gretchen's podcast and the clip from Sex in the City in the show notes. Cool. And my, my digging for this week is also a podcast, which we will link to. And we have discussed Brooke Castillo before. Yes. Yes, we have. Okay. So Brooke Castillo has a podcast called the life coach school podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds familiar. Okay. So on one of her more recent episodes, uh, number 263, she it's, it's called the urge jar and the basics of it are. It's, it's a technique that she uses and she discusses where she has this jar um, and it's a marble jar and you give yourself a visual cue every time you don't give into an urge. And the idea is that this helps to build discipline. Now she's talking about this around weight loss. I think it could apply to other areas of your life. So say, you know, you just talked about not getting a latte. So basically the concept here is you have this bag of marbles and you have this jar. Every time you don't give into an urge, put a marble in the jar. And that feeling like of putting the marble in and you getting that little reward, which I mean, it sounds so silly, but it's a tangible thing that you can see that you had discipline and you didn't give into that urge. There's something about that that I think is very powerful. And I know for me, this was something that really resonated. And she says to sit with that urge for 10 minutes and just see how it feels. Because this is Brooke Castillo's whole thing is to just get comfortable with discomfort. That's right. Yeah. And not being controlled by your urges. This could be in any area. This could be spending money. This could be eating. This could be anything that is a bad habit, really. Smoking, anything. So I thought this was really cool because I know I need to do a little refresh around uh, the snacking, as I'll call it. Okay. And uh, so this is something I've been kind of mentally trying out. And I haven't actually been doing it with a marble jar. I've been picturing it. But I think I'm going to try this. Because I really think there's something to it. And I mean, this can be anything. This can be pieces of Lego. This can be whatever you have around. You don't have to actually go buy a jar and marbles to do this. It can be anything. Just some visual thing to show you, okay, there was me resisting an urge. And just getting comfortable with that feeling of discomfort when you're trying to sit with it. And it's not about uh, restraining or holding back. It's about really just getting comfortable with with sitting in that discomfort. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We talked about this, um, a few months ago when, um, going to parties and, um, feeling awkward in the social situation and then having the booze to kind of like calm down that anxiety. And then instead of like just going straight for the glass of wine, sitting in the discomfort. So this is so neat to think about it in used in this way as well. I like it. That's cool. Yeah. I thought it was a really cool idea. All right. Good suggestion. Yeah. All right, now it's time for you win or you learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. I'm up for the win 
And my win is related to money and budgeting, we'll say. Uh, earlier this year, we made a plan to do a couple projects to our home because it's nearing the 10-year-old mark. We built it about 10 years ago. Uh, we had earmarked some funds, some cash to go towards some, I'll call enhancements. One of them being a gas fireplace for our living room. When we built the house, we just opted to not do it because we were doing a bunch of other upgrades and we just weren't sure how much value we would get out of it. Well, we've often thought we, we wish we had done it. So now we are doing it and the fireplace is in and it's usable. It's nearly complete. It just needs the finishing, like the bricking. And we need to just hang up our mantle that our good friend snagged, uh, for us from an old barn. Ordinarily, I would have had some guilt over this type of expenditure and questioned whether or not we really needed it. But by putting aside the money for this and planning to spend it this year, I felt really good about this decision. And we've been really enjoying sitting by the fire since it went in. And all, although I will say that the warmth combined with the kind of like mesmerizing watching the flames has made me an overall sleepier person. <laughs> That's cute. I saw the I went, fireplace. I dropped by your place last week one yes. day and it's pretty fantastic. I'm excited to see it when it's completely done. Yes, I am too. And you got to, yeah, you got to see it once the cement board was up and it's uh, it's a behemoth. That's for sure. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. When Once it's all said and done and finished, we'll have to put a, a picture up to show our listeners. Yes. Maybe we'll have to sit by it and celebrate. Maybe that's where we'll eat our cheesecake. Ooh, good idea. Okay. I like it. Um, all right. I'm up for the learn. And, um, I mentioned, I think last week that John and I are back to exercise. So we were back, we are back at it and we're now in our third week of working out and we've been doing really well, but as is inevitable, I came across a workout that I really didn't want to do. And, uh, one, because I was feeling a bit tired and two, because it's, it seemed a bit intimidating. The actual workout had a lot of burpees in it. And if you don't know what a burpee is, then consider yourself lucky. Yeah. So it's just hard on your body and it's intense, but it makes you stronger. Anyway, John never really wants to do the workout anytime, so I couldn't really rely on him for encouragement. But in his defense, I will say he is always willing once I say let's go. Um, uh -huh. So the learn this week comes from the fact that I was reminded of how powerful accountability partners can be. So <laughs> Jenny checked in today to see how my day was going, and I told her I was feeling tired and, and I was procrastinating on the workout because of the dread of the burpees. And she texted me back with this line, stay focused and get after it. And I laughed, <laughs> I laughed a lot. And then I was like, okay. And then I did, I, I got focused and I got after it. So if you're having a tough week, staying focused and staying on track with one of your habits, reach out to someone in your world that will give you a nudge in the right direction. If you don't have someone like that, send us an email or hit us up on the socials or jump into our Facebook group where you'll get an appropriate fire lit under your butt. So thank you yeah. for that, Jenny. Well, you know, it's, it's a fair exchange for how many times have you held up that post-it to me that says, do the next right thing. Well, it's good. It's good that we have each other as our little accountability buddies. It's great. It is. It's awfully, awfully handy. So speaking of checking in with each other, we're going to be checking in once again next week to see how we're doing with keeping track of our finances. And we'll discuss what comes up when we add in the extra layer of a specific budget. We will also be discussing our book for this month, The Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. So if you haven't already, get reading so you'll be prepped for next week's book report. 
Also, next week, we are going to check in and see how Jenny and I have been doing with our 19 for 2019 lists. We are more than we are more than a quarter of a way through the year. So it would make sense that our list should be a quarter finished. Maybe. Oh, so uh, we'll see if that hypothesis holds up when we discuss next week. Yikes. All right. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. We would love to hear if you have a tendency to make impulse purchases. And if so, what are they? Are you a saver? Are you saving for something right now? If so, how are you doing it? Also, let us know how you're doing with building your budget. Get in touch. Our email address is theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. Jenny is on Twitter at jkouse, and I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag theimprovementproject. You will find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. If you like the show and we hope that you do, please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We would love it so much if you would rate us and leave a review on iTunes. It really does help more people to find out about the show. And we also have a Facebook group. So search for the Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. Are you saying that to them or to yourself? (laughs) Both. (laughs) I think I need you to say it to me. (laughs) Stay focused and get after it. Dang it. I don't want to. Okay, I will.